What's up, everybody? Welcome to Overexposed, the podcast about movies that movie lovers love. My name is Hunter. My name is Sam. My name is Mickey. Welcome to the show. We are back um, after a few weeks away. Last time you heard us, we were gushing about the Goonies. Unintentional uh, alliteration there. (laughs) Um, But it is still summer, and we are still putting a focus on um, our summer movies uh, for the next couple weeks, because we got a lot to say about stuff. Um, And so this week, we're just going to jump right into it, because Mickey has picked a doozy of a movie um, that I'm sure we all have lots to say about. Uh, I don't think we have varied opinions. Whatever, we'll get into it. Mickey, why don't you enter your movie for the week? So, if you... if. Our listeners don't know, it's Shark Week this week. One of my favorite weeks of the year. Who, can I ask, do any of us watch Shark Week programming anymore now that we don't have cable? I watch Shark Week, no. I watch past Shark Week programming. I rewatch my favorite Shark Week stuff. I have <laughs> seen zero Shark Week programming in probably seven years. <laughs> I, just, I just follow... I just follow the 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 Twitter account of the movie studio that made Sharknado, so that's all they've been posting for Shark Week. So you know, uh, <laughs> I guess technically I have seen some of Shark Week. <laughs> I know. So I know that this year it's like hosted by Joel McHale and like a bunch of other dudes, right? I have no clue. See, sure. that's brand new news to me. I think it is. <laughs> I don't. Know, I I kind of wanted to see that, but I just kept missing. So that's and I don't have cable, so I I need to go watch it somewhere else. (laughs) We all experienced Shark Week this week. We did. So I brought the best shark movie and probably one of the best movies ever made. It is Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Nice. Okay, so what's okay, uh, Hunter? What's your experience with this movie? Um, this is another one of those movies that I don't remember the first time I saw it at all. Um, but I think this is a movie that like there there are these movies that are so prominent in like the social consciousness that like you don't really. I think I think we take them for granted sometimes. And so my most recent experience with Jaws before this really was um, I hosted a screening of it at the Draft House. And I realized, like, oh, I probably haven't seen this movie in, like, ten years. Um, And so I sat down to watch it with my girlfriend and then realized that she had never seen it. And so it was cool. It was, like, experiencing the movie for the first time all over again because I, like – you know, there's like the real famous scenes, but um, I think it's easy to take this movie for granted because I've seen it so many times and it's just like, even today, like everything sort of like, I feel like Jaws is highly oversaturated. You know what I mean? Like Jaws is a, is an, a quick, easy reference. Um, yeah. Be, because it's like a very good and very important movie. Um, but yeah, man, every time I watch this movie, I... Um, I, I feel like I get reconnected with like an old flame and everything's good again. <laughs> like 
it's just it's it's so it's so so good. I don't remember a time that I was ever like scared of this movie. Um but I don't know that I've ever been like scared of sharks, you know what I mean? Uh but that has never kept me from like loving it the way I do. So it's hard to talk about my history with the movie because it's like just sort of always been there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sam, what's your what's your thing? What's your history with Jaws? Uh, yeah, so my history with Jaws, I so I'm I'm kind of like Hunter. I don't remember the first time I watched I I the first time I watched it. Um, it was definitely just one of those movies that was like uh, always talked about. Uh, I I feel like I had caught some of it on TV at some point and. As soon as I saw like a giant fin, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm changing the channel. I can't do it. Like I, <laughs> I saw way too many movies when I was way too young, uh, or at least like pieces of movies when I was way too young that just terrified me. So, uh, <laughs> that, that just ended up being one of those movies where I was like, if it was ever on TV, I would always change the channel. Um, so I guess it wasn't really until, I want to say very recently, maybe, oh, geez, maybe like two or three years ago that I actually finally sat down and watched it. Was that when we like, went to the drop test? For the first time all the way through? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Wow. Because I, yeah, because I, I, I remember seeing like different pieces of it on TV and not knowing what it was. I was like, what is this movie? And then I was like, oh, oh, wait, no, this is Jaws. I can't watch this. Uh, and then, like as I got older, it was it was more of just like oh, but I can't I can't watch it now. Like I, this is probably like the end of the movie, and my that was my thinking when it was like the beach scene, you know, where where you know everybody's going in the water and stuff. Uh, but so yeah, yeah, Mickey. I think the first time I actually watched Jaws <laughs> was when we saw it. Was that at the draft house? That was a uh, the yeah the other draft house. I don't yeah. know what it's called. <laughs> Oh, uh, Westlake. It was at the Westlake's draft house. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, that was the first time I watched Jaws. That's insane. I didn't know that. (laughs) I would have been more respectful and I would have cried less. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's okay. You saw me cry through, like, inside out, so, you know, it's fine. Uh, My history of Jaws, I, I, I'd always seen it when I was a kid. Like, on and off. I don't think I'd ever seen it all the way through. But I always found it terrifying, but boring. So, like, I'd watch Jaws, and I'd be terrified, but I'd also be kind of bored. And I I wouldn't keep going. Uh, Mostly because I I was so scared. And then I I had seen it on and off. I knew a bunch of scenes from Jaws. But I think, honestly, I think that the first time I sat down and watched it from beginning to end without interruptions was probably the same as Sam was sitting in the theater at the draft house. Now that I think, now that I think about it, now that I think about it, cause I've always seen like, acts of jars. but like beginning to end, that was it. That's almost exactly the same story as Sam. I'm sorry. Copycat. But, um, that's crazy. But like, since, you that, since then, film in college, how did, how was that? How was that? Like the, the first time you saw Jaws all the way through? I don't know. Cause we've seen scenes. I don't think I'd ever like sat down and seen it. Um, but 
I since then I I bought like the collector's edition of Jaws with like a bunch of extras, and I watch it so much. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not even just um, a great movie. Like it's technically so impressive, and I learned so much from it. It's so crazy. And it's almost all entirely on accident, <laughs> which I think is like, <laughs> oh yeah. And we'll get into that, but like it's it's wild to me that this movie is so good and had maybe one of the most troubling production histories to ever exist. Well, like and, and and like most of and I guess yeah, most of it is on accident and like compensating different ways. But there's like mm-hmm. there's so many Spielberg wonders in the in Jaws that it, mm-hmm. it 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 freaks me out. I don't understand a lot. Of, okay, so the first scene in Jaws. Where you're going through the campfire, mm-hmm. and then like, and then and then the girl goes off with the dude, and then she get, mm-hmm. they go skinny dipping, and she and she dies, and the shark eats her. It's still one of the the greatest openings to a movie. It's so pitch perfect. Can we talk about how much that dude sucks? <laughs> like, <laughs> like goes out, falls asleep on the beach, calls the cops. Shows up when he sees her dead hand laying on the beach. That dude has almost zero reaction. <laughs> like, virtually none. He's like, what? That dude, dude's like a serial killer, man. I'm he's also even like, obsessed with him. Yeah, I, like, he's like, I can't, I can't stay. I gotta go back to, I gotta go back to school, like, in a couple of days. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're not gonna. What do you mean you're not gonna stay? You're the only new segment. New segment. My favorite NPC is that guy. That's <laughs> my favorite NPC in this movie. Um, no. okay. he's so fascinating to me. I want to know everything about him. <laughs> okay, if we're gonna play that, do you want to know who my favorite NPC is? Let's do it. This is a new segment. Yeah. Okay, jumping a little bit. It's when Richard Dreyfus comes in and he says that that's not the shark; it's a tiger shark. And the, the this is big, this big guy looking, standing right next to his dead shark. He's like, "A what? A yeah. <laughs> what?" Like he's genuinely confused. He's never heard of a tiger shark before. He's just like, "What? No, tiger." A tiger can't be a shark, really? <laughs> That's the cat. A what? There ain't no paws on this thing. This is the fish. <laughs> no, no, the, 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 the guy the, the guy who goes and gets in front of uh, Brody, and he has, he has, like, boobs. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> like, he just, that's just, that's just what now it I'm is. I'm trying to remember. Like, Maybe the, I took the old him guy. Oh, and like he doesn't oh. say anything. Does he say something? I just remember him staring at Brody and drying himself off. If he said something, I was too distracted. Oh. Yeah, because 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 Brody's because Brody's looking trying to like pay attention to like his kids. Yeah, uh, water and because th- it's the split diopter shot uh, of this guy. I think he's talking about like some kids like broke down his fence or something. Uh, I, oh, I that don't guy. Think important. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. That's my favorite yeah. NPC. Okay. <laughs> and that was my favorite NPC. I'll think of a cool. <laughs> this is like the new shtick for the podcast. Is Hunter has a new segment every week that he comes up with that he thinks will be funny and is not as funny as he thought it would be. I like this one. This one is funny. 
Yeah, this is a good one. And like this, okay. especially for Jaws, because like it adds Everyone all these people see. so add like add so much to this the town. It feels like a real mm-hmm. town that people live in. That was one of the things that I wanted to bring up. It is amazing to me how simple but how immersive Amity feels. Like Amity feels while you're watching this movie, like a real place that is like living and breathing and has like a history and a culture and like I don't know. Like, we don't get... It's funny, because we don't get a ton of... It's clear that, like, people like Brody are fairly new to the town. You know? Like, he's the police chief or whatever, but, like, even the mayor says, like, I don't think you understand how important summer is for us or whatever. You know? Like, so, I think there's several instances where it's implied that he hasn't been there very long. And he's from the big city. Yeah, he's from New York. I know that's talked about a lot, but... Um, yeah, just, like, as you move around, like, there's those great shots of, like, everybody moving through the town on 4th of July for the regatta, and, like, it's, I don't know, it just feels so cool, like, you know, there are those things in, um, it's like, it's like in Lord of the Rings when you show up at Rivendell, and you're like, I want to go there, like, Amity feels that way, too. Yeah. It's really, really cool. You want to go to Amity, though? Amity. Amity, not Amityville. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I heard Amityville. I was like, wait, did we watch different movies? I might have said Amityville, and now I'm doomed, because now I have to follow through on that. <laughs> That's the rules. That's it. That's what? Okay, it so there's, there's a lot of moments in Jaws. So mm. besides any of the shark moments, what shot or what thing do do you love in this movie, this movie, the, like, we'll, we'll get to Bruce in a little bit. But what, what are some either character things or, like, things that Spielberg does? Uh, I think I think this is probably, like, top three Spielberg movie for me. Yeah. What's your favorite, like, set piece that, that doesn't involve sharks? Um... I think there's uh, that was one of the things I noticed on this watch through that I've probably noticed before, but like this movie really gets to the heart. Uh, like it gives characters time to like have heartfelt moments, and one of my favorite moments is really really simple. Um, but it's when Brody's at home and like the whole, um, I think like the kid just got eaten. Um, so the second or third person dies. I don't remember who it is at that point. It's the second person. Yeah. Um, and he's sitting at the table and this is before, um, Hooper shows up, but his kid is sitting at the table and he recognizes that his kid is like mimicking him. And so he starts like changing. He like folds his hands and he Mm -hmm. sees his kid fold his hands and then he unfolds his hands and he sees his kid do it. And then he makes like a, like a growling face at him and the kid makes it back. Um, and then he has this like moment where he's like, Hey, give us a kiss. And this kid says, why? And he goes, because I need it. And that moment, I don't know. Like, I was like, what a weird moment to have in this movie. And by weird, I don't mean like it's, I don't mean that it's unwelcome. Like it was like this nice breathing moment that reminds you that like, Brody's a human being that is struggling with this. Like it's not it like really centers him and gives you a reason to relate to him like and you get several of these moments throughout the movie like 
he has some great moments with his wife. Um, and then uh, there's another one that I'll bring up if nobody else brings it up. But I don't know. It's just a really simple moment that um, I don't know if it was in the screenplay or like if that was a Spielberg thing, but it feels very Spielbergian. Mm-hmm. Um, that like soft, tender moment. Anyways. Um, there, there's this one thing where they there's the long conversations of those exposition, but um, I, I, I guess Spielberg wanted you to be invested the whole time, so he just puts the camera on a on a on a I guess it's called a freight that's traveling from the from inland to the island, mm-hmm. and he just puts it on there, and then it just goes, and he has it there the entire time. And they're moving. There's like a close-up from like a close-up to a medium to a wide to a medium, and they're moving within the frame. And it like it 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 it's it totally frames them in different ways. And there's so many shots in in there, and it's just the same static with the the background moving. And I, I was I'm just I was just blown away by that. And it mm-hmm. sets up the mayor as one of my favorite movie villains of all time. <laughs> I love that you call him a villain. <laughs> He's he's a villain, and the, my favorite thing about Jaws two because there's only one good thing about Jaws two is that he was reelected. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to vote in your local elections, kids. Exactly. What about um, Sam? So my favorite uh, scene or set piece, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, probably you know. Probably you're going to see it coming a mile away, but it's it's got to be the moment where uh, Brody, uh, Hooper, and uh, Quint are just all inside of the boat, and they're just they're they they're talking about scars, like like somebody starts showing a scar, and Quint's just like, oh, that's nothing, and he pulls pulls up you know his leg, and then you know bro or. Uh, uh, Hooper starts showing his scars, and I love that Brody, like Brody, like kind of looks like one scar that he has, and then he just like puts it, like 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 covers himself back up. He's like, no, no, I'm 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 not gonna do that. Uh, and then that's when uh, Quint goes into his entire Indianapolis speech, which is one of the greatest movie speeches of all time. Uh, and then they all start singing, and then that just jumps straight into a chasing. It's like there's Show in this moment. Me to go. <laughs> I'm tired and I wanna go to bed. Okay, keep going. Um, no, no, it's so good. So yeah, it's kind of like there. I can I so I can I can see what Mickey what Mickey's saying about how you know watching this as a kid like you'd probably be bored outside of like the shark moments, uh, but like when you're now, you know now you know that we've all you know been involved in like filmmaking or writing or just that creative like process whatever, uh, so many different times in different ways. Uh, wat- watching that scene for me, it's it's so, it's so thrilling. I'm still on the edge of my seat every single time, you know, like he's talking about like the, the men just bobbing up and down because they've been bitten from underneath, you know, and it's like, it's so good. It just, it gets you, it's, it's engrossing and it keeps you invested without there being uh, a chase or without somebody getting eaten. Uh, 
and it i i think it's masterful just the way that like that whole scene is like set up and played out and yeah that's that's got to be my my favorite uh set piece of the whole movie that was the one that i was going to bring up too that was my other one Mm -hmm. is that like because it like again gives you a moment with these guys who like Quint has just been sort of a certified weirdo before, like, up until that point, you know? And then you get a moment Mm -hmm. of them all bonding together. And that is, that's sort of the switch, right? The end of that scene is the switch from the second act to the third act, um, which is kind of nonstop for, like, what, 40 minutes almost? It's crazy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. And like I, I don't, I don't, I didn't think of a, a structure to this because the the, the this movie's it's just too much. So I, mm-hmm. I just I just wanted to talk about things as the game goes. But this movie is so Moby Dick, I can't even. And I haven't even yeah. read all of Moby Dick. Sam has read all of Moby Dick. So Sam, is this is this movie so Moby Dick it hurts? Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um. If you if you strip away all of you know all of like the the allegory and you know like just talking about you know uh, I guess like obsessing over just like different aspects of of of, of whaling and then like the whales it's whales themselves and all of that um, swap the whale for a shark and yeah you you kind of have these three men who are obsessed with catching the shark Brody because he, because that's his job, because it's his duty, but also metaphorically because the shark represents something that he fears, you know, like he, this one creature, he has like put in all of his like fears about them moving to the town, his fear of water, all of that. He, he's like laying it on the line. Uh, Hooper for him, like this is about kind of uh, his, his arc is, a lot smaller and not as significant but it's about you know just like uh finding that shark you know just like finding it kind of proving proving right and then quint of course is just you know like getting revenge for all the sharks that killed his friends and the you know the terrible things that you know he's seen and been through so yeah like yeah this whole this whole movie is essentially like an act uh, an even more action pack uh moby dick Blockbuster Moby Dick movie. Let's, let's let's talk about Quint. What are, what are your favorite Quint moments? What do you think about him in general? I think no doubt my favorite Quint moment is is him at the at the meeting with everybody, like him getting introduced for the first time. It's the best. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like mythic. There's like this town of normal people, and then living amongst them is this one like crazy <laughs> weirdo. You ever seen a shark's eyes? Like a doll's eyes. It's the best. Like that's oh my god. That's one of my favorite one of my favorite character intros ever. Sometimes my yeah. sometimes my cat bites me and he like holds on and his it looks like his eyes like start rolling back into his skull a little bit. And, <laughs> and then I say that monologue and he's he stops and he's like, That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the way the camera like moves through people to get to him, I just like oh, like oh, yes. oh, oh yes, give really it to cool. me. That like Sorry. I love it. So you much. know, like the seas just kind of part, and there he is. You know, mm-hmm. I just love the idea too that like 
<laughs> he's just hanging out with his drawing of a shark, his crew drawing of a shark. <laughs> he's so dramatic. I've always, I've always thought about that because I don't think that's there before. No, so he's like, no, no, yeah. So, so everyone's just crowded around as everybody's arguing about what they're going to do. Like, are they going to close the beaches or whatever? He's just there in the background. Lightly drawing. Was he in there when everyone walked in, or was he like trying to quietly draw that while they were talking, (laughs) so that he could get a cool reveal? You know. Yeah. It's gonna be great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I love this. I show, I show them, I show them that I can kill a shark. (laughs) No, this is my. my, I love my favorite Quentin moment. Besides, like the, the 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 story. And the introduction is um, when he destroys the radio. Because that's like the turning point of like, oh no, he's just crazy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's obsessed with this. And it's not like, like, like he kind of, like when he does the story, like, oh no, he's not crazy. He's just hurt. He wants it. No, he needs revenge and he'll die for it. Yeah. It's, I, I love, I love that moment. Yeah, and well, and like you're on that journey with, with Brody, Brody and Hooper yeah. too. Like, as he's like, uh, well, and at the end, like, um, in the third act, when they, when they, when they attach the three barrels to it, and they're driving away, and like the boat, the boat's like oh breaking God. down as he's like pushing it, and Hooper's yelling yeah. at him, he's and like, ah! there's like black smoke coming out of it. Yeah, and I think like, it's such a, it's such a cool moment like watching him sort of like just finally he's like rambling like a madman as he's like pushing this boat <laughs> it's great God, this he's so crazy good. i love it yeah yeah can we can we talk about i think okay so like the jaws theme is perhaps i mean not even perhaps it's one of the most famous themes of all time it's used in everything, yeah. right? Like, it is the the quintessential suspense builder. Um, yeah, you think uh, of sharks, and like that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, besides like yeah. the giant teeth, it's the jaws theme. Or you think of something approaching slowly. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the rest of John Williams' score to this movie gets the credit it deserves, and it's the it's the little moments. Um, there's this great moment in the third act where Quint has this, like, he steps back down into the cabin of the boat, um, and he gets this realization moment, and the score goes into, like, it moves from, like, this sort of soft-moving, like, suspenseful thing into Spanish Ladies, the song he's been singing the whole time. And it, like, it, like, just dips into it. And you're like, what's going on? And it signifies this character change, right? Of like, okay, we found it and we're going to go after it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just such a good, like, I, that moment does not get enough love. And the rest of the score doesn't get enough love. It is like so essential to what this movie is, where the score is and where the score isn't. Like, I realized when when Quint's getting eaten at the end, there's no score happening at all mm-hmm. they're just letting that shit play out um but the moments where there is score like it is used to amplify moments in really really great storytelling ways um 
And yeah, the whole time I was thinking, oh, gonna download this score as soon as, soon as the movie's over because I need to listen to this a lot more and appreciate it. That's I I love it, I love it, and a lot of like a lot of what makes the Quint scenes great is that the the dialogue and the acting and the rhythm are blocked in camera. A lot of times, like now for modern movies, you shoot a lot of coverage and you come up with the rhythm in the editing room. But yeah. the, but the rhythm is on camera because the sh- it's a shot is like a minute and a, and a half, like mm-hmm. the shot is the mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. So like, I I, th- I think that people uh, I think that everyone all these actors that are in this movie the the three main actors are t- are underappreciated. And there's no stars in this movie, which I think is incredible. Like none of them were box office draws, you know. Like I think I read a thing where. Um, they wanted like Robert Redford and Jeff Bridges in the movie, and like, oh god, um, th- yeah, like there were uh, Steve McQueen, like there were people like that that they were like, that's who we want to play. I think Jeff Bridges they wanted for Hooper, but like Steve McQueen yeah. and Robert Redford they wanted for uh, for Brody, huh. and like both would have been great choices, but like mm-hmm. I think no. the fact that there are no stars in this movie. Um, and, and, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, it's, it's, is it Scheider or Skyder? I don't know. Uh, but I, I think he's Roy, he's, Roy, Roy, yeah. Roy Scheider. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what do I want to say? Dan, um, it's Roy Scheider. <laughs> um, he, I, I, he's, he's perfect. Like, I think everybody's so well suited, but like, the fact that there are no stars in this movie at all is really baffling to me. And don't get me wrong, I, mean, I love Richard Dreyfus. Like Sam knows yeah. how much I love Richard Dreyfus. Oh, absolutely. They're peace perfect. <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah, and I think uh I mean I think you could argue that like, you know, uh, I mean like Anthony Quinn is the biggest star in that movie, you know, besides the shark. Uh but uh, I, I guess it's more of like a box office draw. Like, an, like Anthony Quinn is an amazing actor, but you know, box office power. Like for, for say someone like Redford or McQueen. Like, yeah, no, like that doesn't even come close. But yeah, yeah, just the fact that like there isn't, uh, there isn't like a like a Hollywood heartthrob or like a uh, a young hotshot celebrity like in this movie. Like, not really. Arguably, I guess Richard Dreyfuss is like a young hotshot, but like. That's this movie's version of a young hotshot, like yeah. Richard Dreyfuss with his with his crazy laugh and his wild wild beard and hair, like yeah. So yeah, the, and I and I think I think having that making that 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 makes that makes scenes more believable, the danger more palpable, and moments like the moment with Brody and his son so impactful. I can't imagine Redford or McQueen having some, not to say that they're bad actors, but having the same sort of uh, humanity and humility when it comes to playing off that moment. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the fact that this movie doesn't have a star is definitely in its favor. If it does have a star, though, it is definitely Bruce. Yeah. um, Let's let's talk about Bruce. Let's talk about Bruce. Okay, what do you, what? Okay, Bruce. 
almost ruined the movie. And then and <laughs> yes. then it made it and then it made it a classic. So how does that work? I mean, Hunter, Hunter how did that work? Do. So the I mean, like the uh, this is a famous story at this point. In fact, like my Jaws Mondo pint glass, it pays homage to this. Um, Bruce the Mechanical Shark did not work as well in water as they expected it to. Uh, and broke down all the time and would not do what they needed it to. Bruce was supposed to be in the movie a lot more. Like Jaws 3. Think Jaws 3. Yeah. Like, a lot more. Um, But uh, they they kept breaking down. They couldn't find ways around it. Um, And so, you know, they they couldn't fix it the way they needed to, so Spielberg found ways around it and shot a lot of the shark scenes without Bruce in them. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, that's the story, right? Like, yeah. he just, it broke down and broke down and broke down. And then, like, the the takeaway from this movie for a lot, like, in, in a lot of technical ways is, um, is, oh, you don't always have, like, not seeing the thing is sometimes way scarier than, than, being able to see it at all like yeah. um I, that's like the number one takeaway technical takeaway that people have from jaws and it's all on accident and like uh, uh like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna take away that from spielberg but i feel like i dissed the, the editing i mean in my last like when i talked about it earlier because i was talking about it being like the shot is on minute and 30 but verna mm-hmm. fields verna fields is the editor for this she saved the movie Mm-hmm. Like, make no mistake, uh, uh, she saved the the fucking movie. Like, they they had all this stuff and they had all these like like half half finished shots because the shark wasn't working. Then they just did it without the shark, and then she stitched it together into something that resembles a shark movie, yeah. or like a shark scene. Well, and it was and it's a lot beautiful. of beautiful. It was it was a lot of Spielberg like going in and saying like, oh, I'm not happy with this and then reshooting stuff or like, I'm, I mean like getting his coverage too, right. Of saying like, okay. in in case Bruce doesn't show up the way we want him to, like we got to shoot it with a handheld camera, like swimming upwards towards, you know, this kid on a floaty or whatever. Um, but I mean, it goes to show like, I think that's the power of Spielberg too, in a lot of ways, especially as like a young filmmaker with a lot to prove like he's constantly like finding new ways to and trusting the right people to like make his movies the way they need to be made there's like there's this there's the story of like them shooting the um the boat scene like uh hooper diving underwater to check out the 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 boat and the head popping out um they shot that um, in the ocean just like everything else and then when Spielberg was going back over stuff after stuff finished like they were in the middle of the edit and Spielberg didn't like the way it looked he was mad so he got Dreyfus and like just a bunch of random crew members from the movie that wanted to show up and get paid and they went to the backyard pool of one of the producers and shot it in her pool. That <laughs> moment is shot in a pool. 
Yeah, I heard about that too. Oh the, 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 like, yeah. the, like <laughs> almost everything else is shot in the ocean, but the moment where the the body comes up and he freaks out, that's in the it's in a pool, like and a he, backyard like, pool, not like a professional. He, pool. Like they poured they poured milk in the water to like <laughs> make it all murky. Oh my god! I know, man. It's it so cool. Dope. But the, he, he, here's the thing, though. You did. They couldn't color correct it, so so they had to like eyeball how the ocean looked versus how the milk water looks and, and that's and, crazy to me and that is arguably the best scare of the movie like i i think it's the the scariest thing that happens in the movie um yeah it's the one that takes you most by surprise and like it's the one that's best reacted to also like i don't know i yeah. love that moment i think it's great i think it's a great scare it's good like um Oh, one of my favorite Bruce things is like when when he when he gets the kid on the floating because like because mm. he doesn't he doesn't do it like a shark uh, I don't know why they did this but I love it he it's like he grabs a kid and he spins like a like a snake or something uh, oh yeah that, or like a, yeah yeah like that's so that's so terrifying because mm-hmm. and, and then you, you shoot it from you shoot it from the beach so all you see is like people playing on like the lower half of the screen and then the top half is just it's just blood yeah well and like the um when the girl gets killed at the beginning too the way it, she's like moving like unnaturally fast along the along the top of the water in and out of frame like the kills in this movie i think are really like um I didn't, we have to talk about it like a slasher movie a little bit when we talk about Bruce, um, but they're they're um, they're pretty rowdy, man. Like they make them gruesome, and this yeah, is pre really like do. this is pre Spielberg, like this is pre Raiders. So like it's this movie's rated PG, <laughs> and there are boobs <laughs> in the first three minutes, <laughs> and then again later in the movie, but they're not from a woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well played. Well played, Mickey. No, but like, like, um, and then, and then when he kills Quint, when Bruce kills yeah. Quint, and he like mm-hmm. he bites oh, him in half, thing. like he. Oh yeah. God. Mm-hmm. And there are several close-up shots of Quint like spitting up blood, like yeah, like like a grotesque fountains of blood from his oral cavity like it's so much it's so much blood they're like i guess this is an r yeah i get it i don't know you can watch this right yeah kids will be fine (laughs) it's fine and little sam is in the corner horrified yeah yeah also i apologize for saying oral cavity (laughs) i was about to say i was like why did you i'm i'm upset that i said that that way i'm mad Um, so I can only imagine that you, my co-hosts, and you, the listener, are upset with me, and I would like to issue my formal apology right here, right now. Life fluids came spewing out of his orifice. His his orifice. Never mind, I'm sorry again. Here I go, I'm apologizing again for that one. And then, okay, so, so, and then, and then Bruce finally dies. Because he, mm-hmm. he he tries to eat an oxygen tank and it doesn't work Smart. out. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then like, 
he he dies and then you have that really really cool moment of uh of of brody and hopper hooper hooper you have brody and hooper um, swimming away and it's totally like a casablanca moment and it's uh, i love it i love it so much oh so one of the things i read because i was reading up on this i think this is so cool um one of the other technical things they did is during the um uh when when hooper's in the cage in order to make the live shark that was there look bigger hooper's body double was an ex-jockey he was like under five feet tall and then they made a replica version of the cage that was smaller so they put richard dreyfus in the cage on screen and then the shot some of the shots in the water the shark looks bigger because they shot a, a much smaller body double and a much smaller cage oh that's crazy that's that's nuts that's so that's i think really that's cool. like that's great yeah like his stunt double was just much smaller than him and they <laughs> made the cage to match i remember i think the first time i saw i saw that with sam i, I didn't tell him because that sounded weird but i was like up, up until this moment i thought that 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 scene was with a mechanical shark <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell <laughs> and i was like oh wait no never mind it's a real shark bruce no looks, that's real bruce looks great i always too. thought like, bruce looks great even the mechanical, mm-hmm. like when he's when he's clearly an animatronic, like I I think he looks great. Um, well, one of my favorite edits in a movie ever, and I I post this a lot on social media. But one of my favorite edits in a movie ever is when is the first time you see Bruce, because like oh yeah, because Spielberg is a big component of you don't cross you don't cross the line like uh, the, like there's a line of where a camera's supposed to be when you're editing. And so you can't go oh, on, yeah, like, yeah. the left side of the actor from the right side of the actor. You need something. You need to cross that line, just, like, either in the frame or, like, you have to go, like, left side, middle side, right side. You can't just go left side, right side. Mm. And, like, he, he's, like, he's throwing the meat into the ocean. And then Bruce mm-hmm. comes up. And then suddenly he leaps up. And then the camera swings the other way. And it's so disorienting. And it's so nuts. And it, it, he crosses a stupid line, and the line was never crossed in the movie before. And I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. I, another shot I noticed this time, and I, you know what? I, I think while I was watching it, I was like, I probably noticed this, quote, unquote, every single time. But <laughs> um, when the shark shows up in the in the pond, in the marina, right? Yeah. Um, and and Brody has like this. He's like running, trying to trying to go get his son Michael out of the pond. Um, and that dude like paddles over, and he's like, "Hey, are you guys okay?" And then just before he gets pulled under, there's like an overhead bird's eye view shot where you see Bruce, and he's like, huge. He's huge, yeah. and he surf. He doesn't quite surface, but it's like it's almost like you're looking through the. The, the the like sheen of the water and you're like wait is that oh my oh my god and then it like grabs him and pulls him under in frame like i don't know i love that shot dude like it sort of like finally revealing itself just barely because it's the first time you really see it outside of a fin 
Uh, mm-hmm. I love that shot, dude. Yeah, and then like, and yeah. the, the size registers for you, even if the yeah. shot, even if the, the what you saw didn't, you're like, oh, it's a big shark. Yeah, because <laughs> you just barely see his like white. The bl- most of the most of the blue in the shark like blends in with the color of the water. Um, but if you look carefully enough, like I think it really. And I watched. I think this is the first time outside of a movie theater that I've watched this in like HD. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really does. I need a 4K restoration. Oh, <laughs> oh my! Have God. they done one for this yet? I don't think. So. I don't think so. I don't think so because they, they, like they, they did close encounters. They did close encounters, which I've seen and blew my mind. So I can only imagine what a 4K restoration to. Did you watch Close Encounters in 70 millimeter? I did not, which broke my heart. Yeah. I, I missed it, but I had it. Uh, I I worked it several times in 4K after I saw it when I was serving, and I uh, I was I watched it wide eye because like nobody came out to see it. It made me so bad. I was working during the day, so there were always like four people in there. Um, but yeah, it was oh god, it was beautiful. Yeah, we so, we, uh, we love Steven Spielberg on the, the podcast. In case you guys haven't noticed, this is like oh yeah. yeah. I've, I've been talking about this a lot with people that like, you know, there's been a lot of like Tarantino has been in the news a lot recently because once upon a time in Hollywood. And I, um, it's weird to me that like, and I love Tarantino. I'm an avid defender of, um, of like the weird, like animosity that's coming at his movies, even some of his best <laughs> movies on Twitter right now. Um, but like, it's weird to me that like film Twitter, loves Tarantino but doesn't love Steven Spielberg who is arguably like pushed at least in uh, uh, filmmakers that are that have been alive in our generation um, has changed cinema in probably the most ways and I, I um, feel like people... and Jaws being one of those yeah. like Jaws changed movies forever you know yeah I, I think it solidified people... the blockbuster yeah I think people the people always say that Spielberg's too manipulative. I don't think he's any more manipulative than Quentin Tarantino. No, of course yeah. not. Like, I don't know. I like. Here's what we're saying, film Twitter. If you're listening to this, <laughs> put some goddamn respect on Steven yeah. Spielberg's name. Like, and, and then like I love I love Hook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh, we talk about we Hook love, a lot. We love Hook. We, we keep teasing that we're gonna bring Hook. Oh, and you know yeah. what? And I'm going to keep teasing that out. None of us are allowed to bring Hook for at least another 17 years on this goddamn podcast. What's another movie that people, Steven Spielberg, that people don't like? I love The there's Lost so World, many. Jurassic Park. There's so Everyone many. Well, could go okay. screw themselves. Lost World, Jurassic Park is is not as bad as everybody says. It is the best Jurassic Park sequel, and it deserves so much love. Because we're that giving, movie is great. We're giving them too many teases. <laughs> Too many teases of future episodes right now. Because we're going to talk about Steven Spielberg a lot. So if you don't like him, you're going to learn to. Because I liked, I'm I liked Ready Player One. We loved Ready I think all of us loved Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say I loved it. I don't know. Like, it was a good time the three times I saw it. And I did see that movie three times. Because I could see movies for free back then. I think the time. post is underrated, you know. Dude, uh, come on, uh, Tintin, Tintin. More people need to talk about Tintin. People we, don't take 
Tintin seriously just because it's an animated movie and why that do is I always not the case? Why do I always not? I don't conflate them, but I always relate Tintin and Hugo to each other. Huh? That's interesting. I don't That's really know why. They, I they have they came I, out a different year. The same they year? might have. I, they might not. I don't know. I think they have similar aesthetics. I love both of those movies, and both of those movies deserve more love from two oh. like incredibly wonderful modern day directors. But oh, Duel! Um, Duel. Have you guys seen Duel? Yeah, that's his first movie, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. Any? I guess it's time for rapid fire notes. Does anybody have any rapid fire notes? Um. I would say watch the Jaws sequels so you could appreciate this more. Because I don't understand how they could take everything that worked in Jaws and then destroy it. They're so bad. <laughs> that I I had never seen them, and I was forced to watch them in one sitting. And I was... It was pain... Like, very rarely will I call a movie painful. Those were... They were painful. They're very painful. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Hunter. And maybe it's because I have so much regard for this one, but they were painful, man. It's not a good time. Uh, I guess my rapid fire note is uh, cool that we we've brought two shark movies to the podcast, <laughs> and go listen to our to our episode where we talk about Deep Blue Sea, which is probably my second favorite shark movie of all time. <laughs> It's not as good as this one, but it's really fun. I think that goes without saying, but we do have high praise for Deep Blue Sea on that episode, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do. When I re-listened, I was like, wow, I said a lot of nice things about Deep Blue Sea, dude. <laughs> I expected y'all to hate me for that one, and y'all were like, no, this was really it's fun. Great was time. Like, oh, good. It's, it's a to- great it's time. A, it's a, it's a total force of shark movies. Put LL yeah. Cool J in every shark movie. It is, yeah, it's Jurassic Park meets Jaws. That's all you need to know. Yeah. If you combine two Spielberg movies together, you get... Yeah, Deep Blue Sea is is categorically too much Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's the the Jurassic Park quote. It's it's, um, Ian Malcolm saying (laughs) they never stop to think if they should. It's the, it's it's they it's the they never stop to think if they should of shark movies. Actually, no, that's Sharknado seventeen <laughs> or whatever it is. It's terrible. Uh, I have. Do you, do you think we think... could make a movie based on sharks and like a tornado? Should we? I don't care. They did it. Do it, and you'll get paid. One time when I was in New York, I saw them filming like Sharknado three, and I talked to some of the production guys. And they were like the chillest, and they definitely looked like they knew they were filming Sharknado three. They were like not allowed to tell me that they were filming Sharknado three, and they still told me, <laughs> like out loud in front of everyone. And I saw like the main dude, like as I peeked between tents, I saw him like revving up a chainsaw. It was the best. <laughs> it was like the like yeah, that was. If you look closely were... in Sharknado three, you could see Hunter. <laughs> like peeking through and I'm like hey what's up um, no uh, just want to give some love to one more shot in the movie that we did not talk about and that's um, when 
Brody, Hooper, and Quint all board the Orca, and you get the shot through Quint's like little hut or whatever, and it moves through the the jaws. That that shot, and you see the Orca like taking off through the window. It's the best. That well, that's that shot why it's is like called Jaws. um that's like i want that framed somewhere i need it framed it's uh, that's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. shot i want that prop is what i want yeah man um the boat i want the orca that's gonna be the name of my yacht this was the last episode of the podcast because we're gonna go to prison when we try to heist the orca (laughs) off of off of a movie lot somewhere I think I think they use it. I think they use it on the tour, on the Universal tour. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, nice. So we know where it it is. We know where it is. All right. See ya. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe they'll let us podcast from prison. Um. (laughs) Anything else, guys? No, we're good. Awesome. Well, that's it. Thank you, Mickey, for bringing Jaws. It was a uh, it was a delight to revisit this. Um, I think it's safe to call this a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, man. Uh, oh yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, um, and thank you all for joining us. Um, whenever you are listening to this, if it's if it's uh, if it's morning, I hope you're enjoying that coffee there. Or if it's lunch, um, hey, hope you packed me some carrot sticks. Or if it's dinner, um, you're so kind to make dinner for it the people you love and letting us join along the ride. Um, but other Do you than write that, these, this stuff beforehand? I don't. That was right <laughs> off the dome, my man. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but if you want to um, uh, swing by, say hello to any of us on social media, uh, let us know what you think about the show. Let us know uh, movies you want us to cover. Let us know if we missed anything, any talking points. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Wolf is the name. That's W-U-L-F-F is the name. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Real, that's R-E-E-L, Texas Weirdo. You can find me wherever people can be found at the Mickey M. And you can find us on Twitter at Overexposed Pod. Um, I'm forgetting all our – you can email us at uh, OverexposedPod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, swing by, say hello, say, uh, share the podcast, please review us on iTunes. Um, give us those good, good reviews. Um, mm-hmm. we should really, uh, we'll probably catch up on those next episode. Read some of those. Let us know what you think. And, um, send us, send us, like I said, thoughts about the show. We'll, uh, we'll address them. We'll do like mailbag segments and stuff. Um, if y'all, if y'all send us anything. So, um, and I think with that, it is safe to sign off thanks for joining us once again keep loving movies keep watching them and we'll see you very soon